Thank you for tuning in to Lexington Road Ministries podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to stop by. We hope you enjoy today's message. God, I thank you for our new family member, Grover, who came Wednesday night and gave his heart to God, and he's here this morning, God. I thank you for our kids who are rededicating their life at youth camp. I thank you for all 25 or 30 of them that are going this week to youth camp, God. But God, I thank you for people that come week in and week out. God, that come to worship you and honor you and bless you, God. Father, they're hungry to be in your house, to not only to worship you, God, but to hear the Word of God and allow the Word of God to challenge us and change us and draw us closer to you. And Father, for the next few moments, I just ask that you would take my heart, God, and put it in your hands. That you would take my lips, God, and make it my, not my words, but your words, God. God, that you would take my mind and quicken it. And Father, I pray that you would take ears, 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 God, and let us hear the divine truths of your word, Father. Father, may this be a day that is monumental to many of us, God, and, and be a day that would challenge us, Father. And Father, let this day be a day about you, God. And Father, may we be closer to you and, and serve you with greater fervency and fire than we ever had before, God. And Father, for those of us that are here that have kind of lost or grown cold in our first love, God, God, may you rekindle that first love once again, Father, and let us be excited about who you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'll tell you how bad the devil didn't want me to preach. Preachers, you ever been there? I emailed my outline, what is it, 30 pages, three times. Friday I emailed it. I emailed it again early this morning. I had to email it in the office and finally had to print a copy of it out. Amen. And I know I'm not going to preach all of it this morning. I did not intend to preach all of it today. But uh, there's some things that God's been birthing in me the last few weeks and and thinking about this and preparing and praying about dreamers. How I many of you know our nation was built on dreamers? Yeah. Have you wondered what happened or what took place for the 56, 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence as our nation was birthed? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured and put to death. Twelve of the signers had their homes ransacked and, and burned. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary Army, and another two sons were captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds and hardship during the Revolutionary War. But the dreamers still signed the Declaration of Independence and pledged their life, their fortunes, and, and their sacred honor. Out of these men, 24 of them were lawyers and Jurists and, and uh, 11 were merchants and 9 of them were, were farmers. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a uh, wealthy planner in, in trade, saw all of his ships and, and, uh, swept away by the British Navy and he sold his home and his property to pay debts. When he died, he died in rags. Thomas McKeon served the Congress without pay. His family had to hide and keep hidden 
and all of his possessions were taken away, and poverty was his reward. Hillary Hall, Clymer, Walton, Gannett, Hayward, Rutledge, and Middleton lost all their homes and their farm and their land, the vandals and looters during the Revolutionary War. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over his home for his headquarters. He quietly urged George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed and Nelson lost everything. Francis Lewis had his home and property destroyed. The enemies jailed his wife and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife beside her at her deathbed. With 13 children, he fled. That's more you, Jason, isn't it, Angie? Amen. It's more, and they're going to be grandparents. Is it okay? We, they're going to be grandparents, folks, if you had the hurt. His field and Grisfield laid waste for more than a year. He lived in the forest and caves and returned home to find his children gone, all 13 of them, and his wife dead. I hope you took time on the 4th of July to remember some of maybe your family members who served in the armed services or, or, or thank God for some dreamers because we have this church today and we are able to worship today because there were dreamers that came to this land in, in the, uh, the early 1600s to, uh, to have religious freedom to worship God. And I'll talk more about that in a little uh, later in weeks ahead. Uh, man, uh, but it, it's hard sometimes for us to understand what dreams are about and, uh, and, and who dreams. We see here in Daniel, we see Nebuchadnezzar's dream and, and, and Daniel interpreting his dream and, uh, and God sparing him and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego from the fiery uh, furnace. We see uh, uh, in Joseph how uh, Joseph's dreams uh, uh, got him into a pit and later got him into the palace. So uh, dreams can have two folded sides. And, and, and you know, one of the hardest struggles that we have as pastors is casting dreams and visions under church folks and, 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 and people. It, it's hard sometimes uh, for us to make things uh, uh, plain enough where people can see dreams. I could talk about building that building, but until that building got up, we didn't understand. I could talk until I was blue in the face about the parking lot and how it will add to the facilities here. But until you see the finished product, sometimes we have a hard time understanding. We can talk about blessing families and back to school, uh, blessing day, and what it will do to help us uh, to reach out before about beyond the four walls of this building. Uh, but until you come and see it, and be a part of the dream and the vision, then a lot of times we don't understand what's taking place. And But the Bible distinctively tells us in Proverbs 29 and 18, and I'm quoting for King James, for you King James fans, where there is no vision, the people perish. In New King James it says where there's no revelation, that's revelation of the Word of God. The Word of God has to be preached. The Word of God has to be revealed to heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit. We've got to have an understanding and a fervency and a love for the Word of God. 
It's more than just coming and worshiping and going through routine and ritual week in and week out. But there's got to be something uh, from this inspired inspiration of the holy book of God that gets inside of us and not only inspired the men who wrote it, but inspires us to live closer to the God of heaven who this book is about. So there's things that we need to understand when we talk about declaration and freedom and we uh, go through the history of our nation that helps us to uh, bring revelation to the Word of God and where God wants us to be as men and women of faith. How many of you are men and women of faith? Come on. You can't sing about miracles and not be a person of faith. Amen. And I tell you, if you're not a person of faith, you're, you're, you're living to meet the privileges that God has placed in this life for you. Because you don't walk by sight, you walk by faith. And so that is a part of dreaming and, and understanding vision of what God has for us. Martin Luther King, on August the 28th, 1963, stood at the Lincoln Memorial and began his famous speech, which is one of my favorite all-time speeches that I ever learned while I was in college. He said, five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon uh, and a light of hope. And he went on to say, I still have a dream. It is a dream that is deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day that we will all walk in brotherhood. I have a dream that, that God will transform uh, states and, and, and places, will be transformed into oases of freedom and justice. I had a dream for my four little children, Martin Luther King said on that day, that they one day would not be judged by the color of their skin, by the, but by the content of their character. My Lord, I have a dream today. I have a dream today that, that one day that black boys, black girls, and white boys and white girls can join hands and walk down the street as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I have a dream and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Amen. There's our hope that this is the faith that I go back to the South with, with this faith that we will all be able to hew out the mountain of despair and a stone of hope. And this will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country, tis of thee, the sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. I don't have time to go through all this, but he ends this speech free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. I have a dream that when people walk into this house, that when they bring their burdens and their sins and their trials and their tribulation and their heartaches and their headaches, that they will find freedom in this house, that they will find the power and the presence of God in this house. And they will not only find it in this house, but when we leave this house as a body of believers, of those that have been a blood ball, a part of the church, a part of the redeemed, that we would take that 
same vigor and fervency out to our, uh, our neighborhoods and our communities and let people know that, that God cares about them. Amen. I had a dream. Is there anybody in this house that cares about my dream? Is there anybody that really cares about how I feel and what God is placing inside of me? I'm telling you, I have a dream that God would raise up this church where people of all nations, all walks of life, every social status, all religious background would feel love and acceptance. Whether you've been here one day or you've been here all your life, it doesn't matter the clothes that you wear, young or old, red, yellow, black or white, educated, uneducated, rich or poor, to come to this house and experience true love and true freedom. dream whether you're from the White House or the outhouse or whether you have a brick house or no house that God is God and God will be lifted up and God will draw all men unto him. <laughs> I have a dream that we would not look at people and judge them because they look different or they dress different or they smell different than us. Can I tell you, I never wear clothes, so I smell different to some of you. I have a dream that whosoever will, Lord, let them come. Let them come. I have a dream that God will send people from the north, the south, the east, and west. You know, we have people that come from six or seven different counties that attend this church. We got people from Louisiana uh, this morning. I'm telling you, uh, Tilly, we're going to keep y'all here. Y'all just go home with my brother and sister Miller. Uh, the plane ticket may be for Tuesday, uh, but just uh, uh, be prepared. We're coming to bring y'all back home. I have a dream that people from all walks of life will be accepted and loved here. That the doctor and the drunk will be welcomed just the same and respected and loved equally in this house. I had a dream that we would love God and not play church. Sorry about that. That wasn't in my notes. That we would love God with everything within us. And love others as ourselves. We sure do take good care of ourselves. Look around. Tell somebody, you looking good, you taking care of yourself. And that this house will be a house of hope, a healing station for the lost and the broken. Would you do me a favor? Would you look at somebody and say, don't kill Pastor Street. Don't kill my dream. They thought they could kill Martin Luther King Jr. and it would kill the dream. But the dream had already been birthed and the dream had already been started. I'm telling you, they thought they could kill the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence and it would snuff out the American nation. But there was 13 colonies and men and women who came together and they fought for freedom so that they could worship God the way they felt like they needed to. I have a dream. Do you care about that dream? That was just the prelude. That was the preamble of Pastor's dream. Seven points, I have a dream. 
have a dream that one day we wouldn't have to beg people to work in church. To drive a van or a bus, Sister Terry, or to come and feed a child on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or show up for a special event. Statistics say 10% do 90% of the work around church. I have a dream that, that one day I won't have to get up and beg people to worship God or to serve God, but they just come in and worship Him and honor Him and serve Him with everything that's within them. I have a dream. I have a dream that church folk Listen, church folk, I'm talking about the church across town. This is for First Baptist Church. This is not for y'all. Y'all just hold on. I have a dream that church folk would be faithful in their attendance to their church and just wouldn't stay home for no reason. I have a dream that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the critics, the doubters, the judgmental, and the casual churchgoers would have a life-changing transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the presence of God being so real and rich and so thick. I have a dream. I have a dream that we wouldn't have to get up, minister service after service, and ask people to love God and love their church and love their pastor enough just to be faithful in their giving of their tithes and offerings week in or when they get paid, that they would truly worship God in giving, that all of us would remember that all we have is because of God's blessing and that everyone would just be faithful. We would never have a need in this church. I had a dream one day that we would have a building downtown I lost some of you. I have a dream that we would have a shelter for the broken, a feeding center for those that need food. It would have room for kids to come after school on Monday through Friday and get help with their homework, a safe place for those that don't have a, a safe home and, and a place for them to hang out when everything is crazy around them and they can get a snack or a meal and a place that we can use on the weekend to minister and impact EKU because God knows we need to close some bars downtown and give them some place where they can feel the power and presence of God. I have a dream. Is this okay? I have a dream that we would love God so much that revival I have a dream Come on, young men, young ladies. I have a dream that we would love God so much that revival would break out in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our grocery stores. Every place that we go, revival would break out. I have a dream that our ministers and people would become servants of our community. That once again we would believe the word of God. And we would pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. And we would go into highways and hedges and byways and compel people to come to the house of God. I have a dream that people would quit worrying about what title they have. And they would bring their title to this altar and lay it down and pick up the towel and go out and serve somebody and be a servant like Jesus was and wash somebody's feet. Get ready. We're having the food washing in a couple of weeks and doing communion. That may be a good time for you to go on vacation if you're sketchy about it. 
I have a dream that when we love God so much, that it would fall out of us. Did you read in the New Testament? When the disciples walked down the street, people were healed as their shadows walked by. I have a dream that we would love him so much that we would become the hands and the feet of Jesus. Once again, I'm almost finished. I have a dream that we would be a missional church and strive with all that is within us to fulfill the greater mission, great commission, that we would go into all the world and make disciples. Number seven, and my last one for today, I have a dream that each one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, would know and put to practice this vision statement. It's right here. You can come read it every service, knowing him to make him known. I have a dream that each of us would not just be church attenders or church members, but we would truly become Christ's followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Come on, doubters, Pharisees, critics, judgmental, don't kill my dream. Don't kill my dream. I need some Holy Ghost filled people say, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want God to help this church to be what God called this church to be. Let the church be the church. We need to be the church. We're not an entertainment center, folks. Even though we do ministry and we do things to compel people and draw people, we're not an entertainment center. We're a place where people come and find Jesus Christ and accept Him as Lord and Savior. I have a dream that the Spirit would break out and tear our walls down. Walls of separation. Walls of fear. Walls of selfishness. Walls of doubt. Walls of insecurity. Walls of religion. Walls of, of preconceived notions. Let faith arise and let every enemy of yours in this church be scattered. Let's do freedom.
Allie said, we don't have enough room in the bus to get them all there. I went and filled the van up so they wouldn't have to worry about it. I had a dream that people would come in here and get filled up week in, week out, service in, service out, and we would get filled up with so much of the love and the presence and the power of God that it would just run over on us and run to our neighbors. And those people who didn't want to know anything about God, they're ringing your phone, they're, they're text messaging you, they're Facebook messaging you, uh, they're coming to you at work. Well, what is going on? Who is this God you're serving? And tell me about this Jesus that you're in love with. That we would come and just get filled up so much with Him each and every service that we would go out there and we would just empty it out, empty it out, empty it out. And then we'd come back and get filled up and filled up and filled up. And then we would go back out there and just empty it out, empty it out, empty it out. I have a dream. I have a dream, folks. I have a dream. Will somebody dream with me? Come on, somebody dream with me this morning. Come on, our forefathers, the men and women have given their lives so we could worship in freedom. Oh, God. I don't want to be a casual Christian. I don't want to be a casual church goer. Pastor, I'm too young. Young men shall see visions. Pastor, I'm too old. Old men shall dream dreams. I need some people to care. I can't do everything that God's birthing inside of me. I need some people that will come alongside of me. If you'll come alongside of your pastor and you'll believe God, would you join me at this altar this morning? Pastor, I'm too broken and I'm too hurt. I'm telling you, this is a healing station. This is a place where you can give everything over to God and nobody's going to judge you today. Thank you, Jesus.